Welcome, and thank you for listening to Trekker Talk, a fam podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair, from the pages of Trekker Comics by writer and artist Ron Randall. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth, and we have a very special guest joining us today to talk about a very special project. That's right. Ron Randall himself is here to share the latest news about Trekker. Welcome back to Trekker Talk, Ron. Well, thank you. Thank you both for having me. It's so fun to be back with you guys again. Well, we're always happy to have you on the show. We love talking to you anytime and all the time. Today, we've got something very special to talk about, though. And of course, that's the big news about the upcoming Trekker Kickstarter. So tell us what's going on with that. Well, I've just decided that the, the, the best way I can think to move ahead with energy and speed <laughs> to get these books into the hands of readers is to turn to Kickstarter. So I've got a campaign. The campaign starts on February 20th and runs through March 21st, and that is to fund the next Trekker book, Trekker Chapeltown. Well, that's fantastic news. We're very excited about it. It's such a great story. Thank you. <laughs> And I'll ask, in addition to the new Trekker book, can you tell us about any special items that you might have available or different reward levels? Oh, yes. I've, I've studied these Kickstarters a bit, so <laughs> I know how they, they go to an extent. Yes, I've planned for several different rewards as extra incentives or extra thank yous, depending on how you want to look at it, of course. I have some, some exclusive watercolor prints that will be available only for people that back the Kickstarter, including one that is an early backer reward that I call Happy Hour with Mercy because it's a scene of her in, in a shootout in a bar that will only be available for the first three days of the Kickstarter. And then another one that's, that's one that you guys know pretty well, because it's based on a commission I did for you guys. It's gorgeous. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's Mercy and her friend Molly and, and the pet Scuff, sort of poised for, for an adventure. And it just seemed to be an image that spoke of a certain amount of that sort of you know romantic science fiction adventure stuff that, that, that seemed to, to match sort of the tone and be a good companion piece for the, the uh, Chapeltown story. It seemed like a good pairing. Anyway, so I've got a, a couple of those sort of prints that will be part of the reward stuff. Uh, I'm also offering some original commissions where people that support the Kickstarter will be able to request a character of their choice, and I'll, I'll include that in, in their uh, rewards. And then the at the far end of the spectrum is the chance for a supporter to appear in the story as a trekker with Mercy herself. I'm going to do a special short story where Mercy will wind up going on an adventure with a, a small group of other trekkers, and a backer can be one of those trekkers. And in addition to that, at that reward level, I'm going to do something that I've never done before, and that is to part with a page of Trekker original art. Because at this level, someone will be drawn into the story with Mercy and then get a piece of original art that features them on the page with Mercy. As I say, I've never parted with original art from Trekker stories before, but it's important enough to me. I really want this this to succeed. I want to just keep getting these Trekker stories out to readers in, in any way I can, and uh, I, I want to do everything I possibly can to, to give me a good chance of success for that. I think the series deserves it. I think the readers deserve it. So that's what I'm hoping for. Well, all of those sound exciting, and what a great range of options there. Yeah, it is really exciting. I know we were very excited when you approached us and you wanted to use that beautiful commission you had done for us as an idea for one of the prints. But I also know that you included, for those who are signed up to your Trekker email group, you also sort of shared a small look at the upcoming bonus uh, happy hour with Mercy, and that looks <laughs> really exciting. <laughs> 
it's sort of like the two ends of the spectrum with Mercy's life. There's one that's just sort of idyllic, sort of, you know, very sort of lush scene with her and, and, and Molly and enjoying, you know, a nice, wonderful day. And then the other one is this, this, <laughs> this dark bar scene where violence is erupting. And that's, well, that kind of, it kind of shows the spectrum of what Mercy's day tends to be like. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely does. And very exciting to hear that backers who have a chance to be in a Trekker story are going to get a page of original art because I know, like you said, you've never parted with a page of Trekkers before. Yeah, and, and I, I, I should say that this story that, that I'm going to do for that, it's a short story, very intentional. It's only going to be an eight-page story. The reason for that is I know that, that, it, that it's a very attractive reward on some Kickstarters to, to offer to have a, a backer drawn into a story. But, of course, the Chapeltown story is already done. So the way I could find to make that happen here was to you know, do a new story. And I didn't want to do a new really long story that way because it's very important to me that the work on Chapeltown is done so that if the Kickstarter is successful – the book will very quickly be off to the printer to get printed and then into the hands of readers. I've heard some stories about mini Kickstarters that are done and then the uh, comic makers go about the task of writing and drawing the story then and it's so easy for delays to, to crop up it seems and it can make getting the book into the hands of the people that backed it take a lot longer than, than anybody had expected and I'm doing everything I can to avoid those sort of unforeseen uh, and unforeseeable delays with Trekker. Uh, I want this Kickstarter to go as well as possible, be successful, get the book into readers' hands, and then move on to the next one. Again, my, my goal in, in my dream scenario, these happen on a, on a good regular basis, so there are no real long delays between, between when the next books come out. That's really exciting news. I know we would love to see Trekker imprint much more often, and that's exciting, and I know exactly what you mean. Uh, you know, your, your material is already ready. It's great to get it to the printer and in people's hands right away. That'll get them excited, I think, even more for the next one that will follow soon after. Because I noticed you used the word if, and I wanted <laughs> to just say that should be when. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I try not to tempt fate, you know, but obviously <laughs> okay, I... Won't I <laughs> well, I, I do want to talk just a little bit about Chapel Town because... For us, one of the most exciting things about Trekker, the world that you created, is the real variety of the stories. You know, so many creations end up sort of like they have a very limited range of stories. But Trekker, you created something that I'm always describing it to people as, you know, you can have a traditional science fiction story in one issue. You can have a sort of noir type mystery in the next one. You can have sort of a retro western in the next one. And that's sort of exactly what Chapel Town is. It's sort of a sci-fi influenced retro western and i was wondering if you had any special inspirations for the setting of chapel town i guess my first love or my deepest love in in story genres is science fiction which is why trekker is the series that is but i do love westerns ever since i was a kid i saw some you know some very vivid westerns that just fueled my imagination and then going up to when I beat was a, a young adult, and I discovered the, the novel Lonesome Dove, which was a phenomenal Pulitzer Prize-winning Western. I'd heard about the book as being, oh, this book won the Pulitzer Prize. So I, next time I was in a bookshop, I thought, I should look up this Lonesome Dove. And I pulled it off the rack, and I saw that it was a Western. I thought, I don't read Westerns, you know. I like Western movies, but I hadn't ever read a Western book before. But I thought, well, it won the Pulitzer. I'd heard such great things about it. And it's just such an amazing story. So while there isn't any one particular, you know, Western storyline or movie or something that I 
did anything like basing Chapel Town directly on. Certainly, the a lot of the feel of Lonesome Dove tends to be in the story. There's the idea about you know the, the wide open spaces, the the people who are sort of like on the edge between civilization and savagery, which kind of what the Wild West was, and where uh, through the course of one of these epic Western stories, you're you're confronted with all the all the possible antagonist you can be uh there there can be people who are your enemies the world uh, the, you know nature the environment that's your enemy sometimes the physical environment is and of course then ultimately the internal conflicts that we all have so all that stuff was just so arresting and the the, the evocative you know environment these wide open spaces that can be seen just blissful and you know just breathtakingly gorgeous one minute and trying to kill you the next um <laughs> is just something i've always always been attracted to and as you say from the very beginning when i when i put the series together one of the things that attracted me was that that possibility of being able to you know delve into that texture of a story sort of the 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 dusty rough around the edges raw western sort of feel one time and then a a gritty sort of dungy suspense-ridden film noir sort of environment another time and then a full-blown sort of space opera (laughs) feeling at another story it's fun for me. I think it good. I think for the reader to be able to experience these sort of different environments, and it also broadens and deepens the sense of an entire world that these characters are inhabiting. So I love doing all of that stuff. And and Chapel Town's a great chance to indulge in my two passions for science fiction and westerns. <laughs> That's a fantastic thing, and I, I like that way you're explaining it. And you're right; that world is so much more rich and believable because of the variety. Because that's how the real world is. There's so much yeah. variety to it, so that's great. And plus, we now have a little hook because we were just guests in the last couple of weeks on a movie review podcast discussing Ruth's favorite movie of all time, The Princess Bride. And during the course of that, Paul, the host of that show, actually mentioned Lonesome Dove was his all-time favorite Western. So now we're going to have to dangle that carrot in front of Paul and say, hey, you should support this Kickstarter so you can read this Chapel Town book. <laughs> well, you know, I that would be that would be great. I mean, uh, anybody who uh, is sort of when I'm at a convention and somebody comes up to me and, and, and introduces themselves and says that they like reading Trekker, I sort of feel, ah, another kindred spirit. And I feel the same way with finding find somebody else who's, who, who has a great affection for Lonesome Dove. It, it's, uh, yeah, it's another, it's just a wonderfully evocative story. It's, it's just so very rich in, in, so, in characters and settings and situations. Just like Trekker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do try. And, you know, sometimes I will say, we were just talking about how I, I enjoy having, being able to sort of shift gears, so to speak, or shift settings anyway, and have the noir stories and then westerns and whatever. And to me, what sort of justifies that, or no better to say what enables me to do that and yet still feel like I'm telling a series that is coherent and and holds together well is the compelling characters particularly particularly of course Mercy the character that the whole story is about anyway and it's her a gradual arc of you know personal evolution that is a thing that ties all the stories together and and hopefully there's there's a great sense of unity with variety as opposed to almost uh, like a disjointed sense like you know I don't want it to feel like we've jumped abruptly from this environment and tone to a completely different style as if you're reading an entirely different book that doesn't appeal to me at all <laughs> I want there to be variety but but all within a very unified story that has a lot of continuity to it that definitely comes across for me. I do see it just as a rich world that's believable. Like, I could imagine that this could be a reality someday, sometime. 
Well, that's that's uh, that's that's exactly what I would hope for. So thank you. <laughs> well, I have another question related mm-hmm. to Chapeltown. Is do you think it's a good starting story for someone who may be brand new to Trekker? I really do. It's a goal of mine with every Trekker story that that the reader can pick it up and is not dependent on knowing the history of the character or what the situation is. I. I want to make every story work where you, you pick it up, you start reading it, you make a connection with the character right away, and it's very clearly established what the situation that we're starting from is, so that there isn't that sense of disorientation or confusion at all. And the story begins with Mercy and her, in her sort of the familiar home environment that the series has been based on, and then, then we take a trip, we go on a journey with her. So we have the time to set things up so we can sort of get uh, establish a, a base level for a brand new reader. And then go through the story where we are exposed to some of that richness of the of the world and the variety of the sort of settings. And along the way, we're given indications about the additional landscapes and terrains that that are hinted at and are sort of established that we will be exploring in the future. So I think this story works as a great way to introduce a new reader to the story and sort of has a lot of the texture of what's come before and also points very clearly to where the series is going from now because. Chapeltown is really a very is going to turn out to be a very pivotal story in in Mercy's life and in the arc of the entire series as a whole. So I think it's actually I think it's an excellent place for <laughs> for somebody to climb on board. <laughs> that's great to hear, and I'm glad it's it's designed that way. Yeah. yeah, that's that's one thing you always make almost every Trekker story. You do a really good job of catching new readers up so they know what's the world's all about and what's Mercy's all about. Thanks. It's, it's just really important to me. I, like most readers, I suppose, at least a lot of comics readers, have had that experience of you. You see a, a book that's that's caught your eye for some reason or it's been recommended to you by someone, and you pick up an issue. And I've had this experience myself where I've read through an entire issue of a book, and I still don't really know what's going on. I don't know even who I'm supposed to be rooting for. Um, I'm not sure... It's in some cases even about what the real setting is, what's what's the real underlying structure that this, this civilization or this world is, is supposed to be supported by. And I don't think you want to spend a lot of your time with overt sort of world building that can become sort of ponderous or almost seem like self-congratulatory for a, a writer who's worked very, very hard and built this nuanced world and wants to make sure the reader knows that all these details are down there. But I, I don't want that to, you know, get in the way of telling a good story, but I do want that solid sense of structure and setting to underlie the story so that the reader always does have a good sense of where they're oriented throughout the story. Because otherwise they're not really in the story. They're, if those sort of questions pop up, that, that's an interference with, with, with the reader coming along for the total experience that I want them to have when they read a good action-adventure story. That's fantastic, and it also, just as you were describing the story, it makes me think to ask, so in addition to the main Chapel Town story that you're telling us about, and also the bonus story that you're telling us about uh, that's at a reward level, is this book also going to include the Ballstock Payoff, which is a short story that sort of falls in between Rites of Passage and Chapel Town? Well, that remains to be seen, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. I do have another story that is definitely going to be in this volume, one that's never been seen before. It's one that I'm just finishing right now. It will be done before the Kickstarter happens. It's a good follow-up story to Chapel Town, continuing to enrich the situation and the relationships of the characters there. So that's going to fill out the volume at the initial level that we're going for funding. And then the first stretch goal that I have will be to get the Volstock payoff added into the book as well. 
The Volstock payoff uh, is a story that I created first to be serialized in Dark Horse Presents. And the first, the first chapter came out, and then unfortunately, Dark Horse Presents was, was canceled, which left that book sort of an orphan project for, for a while. And I didn't know how I was going to be able to get it back into print, thinking, you know, well, that's it, that's, Dark Horse now has the, has the, you know, sort of first dibs on getting that book in print. But I talked to them, and they, uh, very graciously were willing to, you know, let me use that here if we get to the point where we, we could fund it as well. I have a lot of affection for that story. In some ways, it's a, like a vivid sort of a character study, but it's also a, it's a real that's a real crime noir sort of story. And I would love very much to have that included in this volume as as a great sort of transition piece between where the rights of passage left off and then where we're going to go in Chapel Town. Very good. I know we'll be rooting for all kinds of stretch goals, so <laughs> you know, we we hope that's not the only one that you hit. <laughs> no, I've got got a few others in mind too. So we'll. Uh, <laughs> I you know, want to be prepared for as much success as I can get. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sort of transitions well into a, a, the next question, and you sort of hinted at it a little bit, but why did you decide at this point in time to turn to Kickstarter to crowdfund Trekker as opposed to the way you've been doing it in the past? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And for people familiar with Trekker, they know that, that Trekker has had a pretty long publishing history already, largely through Dark Horse. And Dark Horse has always been a very good and supportive home for Trekker. Dark Horse, I've, I've got so much gratitude that even having the opportunity to create Trekker in the first place was because of an offer that Dark Horse made me, an, an invitation they gave me, and an opportunity they gave me. And I'll always be grateful for that and for their support and the, the amount of creative freedom and encouragement they've always given to Trekker. That said, publishing's, you know, the publishing climate and marketing conditions and business realities are what they are. And Dark Horse has to plan their publishing schedule and their scheme with the concerns of the big line of all Dark Horse's books being taken into account. And where we're at right now, what they've, what they're needing to do for their company and what I most want to see happen for Trekker, what I think will serve Trekker the best, the book and its fans and <laughs> And what I think Mercy deserves, we're just not able to get them to line up right now. So I could just see that it was going to take a long time if I stayed with Dark Horse before Chapeltown would come into print. And while the idea of running a Kickstarter, I know it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of dedication. And it's time that I would rather spend just writing and drawing the Trekker stories. But it got to the point where I realized if I want this book to come out, as I say, in anything like the timeline that I want it to, it just seemed like this is the best chance I have of making that happen. So, so I'm I'm all in, as they say. <laughs> and I wonder, what would you say are the best ways for fans to help get the word out about this Kickstarter? Well, that kind of depends on the fan themselves. Obviously, for fans that use social media, that's that's a great way to get the word out widely to a lot of people. You know, Twitter, Facebook posts, even just following following me or following you guys and sharing and retweeting. The things that other people that are talking about Trekker say that these people would like to support, that's all fantastic. Just mentioning to somebody you're bumping into at the comic shop or at a comic convention, I'm grateful for anybody who's willing to help try to spread the word about Trekker in any way that they can. Well, that's fabulous. I know we've had a lot of people on social media who certainly have reached out to us that they're excited about it as well. So it's been really nice to see that early anticipation for this. and. I'm sure that it'll even grow once the Kickstarter campaign launches. Well, let's let's hope that that's true. <laughs> <laughs>
So once this project's successful, what's next <laughs> for you and Trekker? Next up will be getting the next volume going as as, an, as another Kickstarter, and that is the story of the Dark Star Zephyr. Again, <laughs> it's a book where that main story is already done. It's Basically, it's ready to go to the printer right now. I have a little work to do to get the, the backup feature done, but it will be in the can, as we say in showbiz, by the time that Kickstarter is up and running, too. The story beyond that is plotted, and I'm ready to start working on that one as soon as the rest of the work for the Dark Star Zephyr is completed. So I wouldn't say that there is no end in sight, but we, we have quite a ways to go before we get to the end of, of Mercy's journey. I know exactly where the series is going. I know the resolution of things. On the one hand, I'm kind of anxious and eager to, to get there, to share that all with the readers. But the real honest answer is I'm having so much fun on the journey <laughs> that I'm not really in that big of a hurry to get to the end journey, but I'm just anxious to get the stories out in front of the readers because this is the sort of comics that I most love. And I know that there are readers out there that also enjoy these stories a lot. And as a storyteller, all you want to do is get your story in front of the people. So that's, that's why I'm here. <laughs> that's that's why I'm so so excited and happy to be doing Trekker and have a chance to talk about it with, with people like you guys. Oh, that's so exciting to me, too. That's just such a wonderful description of how I think about Trekker, too, because the thing I love about stories is the journey. Mm-hmm. I know uh, we've, we've had conversations with friends before, and it's like, for some people, it's how the story ends, you know, determines whether or not they like it or not. And for me, it's all about the journey. What was it like? getting to the end is so much more important and I love being on this journey with you and Mercy and Molly and Scuff and Trevor. <laughs> well, thank you so much. That's 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 the way I look at it too. I, I love the, the, the process of evolution and self discovery and dynamics of the relationships as they are ongoing in the in the series. I do love to get to the end of a story and have a good solid sense of resolution for that particular for that particular adventure. Again that's part of the sensibility I have that I want each of these work each of these stories to work as a as a standalone, you know, a self contained, sort of high octane action adventure story that is a very satisfying read and a very good experience where you you get pulled into the story right away, you're in for some version of a thrill ride that hopefully has some additional richness of depth of character and, and stuff to it. And then you get to the end where you say, Wow, that was a great conclusion. That really had a good, packed a wallop of one form or another, an emotional wallop, uh, uh, an action-adventure sort of sense. So I do want to have that whole experience there. But as you're saying, Darren, the, the thing that keeps keeps pulling me the most to telling these stories is is tracing those little steps along the way and the little story bits here and there, a little scene turn there. Those are fun things to play with, and it keeps the job endlessly exciting and fascinating for me. And I think your enthusiasm for the world and the characters comes across in the art and in the storytelling, and it's so satisfying. Well, thanks. And, you know, that's 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 one of the things that's the most exciting about Kickstarter is that it's it's a platform so that someone like myself or a lot of the other comics creators that are using Kickstarter, these are often people who, like me, have had careers where they've done a fair amount of work for other publishers. I've been fortunate enough to do this, working on characters that have a, have a great amount of personal affection for and characters that I've that I've known and loved since I was a kid and it's it's very fun to work on those characters and at the same time I've got my own story that I want to tell about my own character and my own world that I have so much of a deeper and richer connection with and and frankly passion for and I know that there are readers out there who will resonate with that so even if 
some of these passion projects that we creators have might not fit into the big you know, publishing schedule of, uh, of some company, Kickstarter is a, gives us all at least the chance to find the fans and the readers that will support it so that we can, we can do these works that are the most unique and individual and special works that we can do and find a way to connect them with the readers who are going to love them the most. So, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm all in for this process. <laughs> we are, too. We're so, so excited about it and really want to thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. But I wonder if there's anything else you'd like to add before we go. Boy, I think, I think we've sort of covered, covered it all pretty well here. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for doing the show. Thank the fans for listening to this broadcast. I do hope they'll check out the Kickstarter and find a level of support there that makes them happy that they can sign on for and make this successful so that we can just keep the stories rolling. That's all the storyteller wants to do, keep the stories rolling. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fabulous, Ron. Well, we will certainly are going to have a link to the Kickstarter in our show notes, so everyone listening, jump right on board and help get Chapel Town in print and look forward to the next volume all right well saddle up everybody it's time to ride (laughs) (laughs) oh that's wonderful thank you so much for joining us again ron thank you guys thank you so much it's always a pleasure and i'm so grateful for your your support and and all that you do to help keep mercy's adventures going we want to thank ron for taking the time for that wonderful conversation we're very excited about the kickstarter and we're sure that all of you are as well We certainly hope that Kickstarter will give Ron the ability to publish Trekker on his own schedule so we can all enjoy those wonderful adventures. Next up is Trekker Transmissions, where we share the listener feedback we've received since last time. Your feedback adds so much to the show, so a big thanks to everyone who took the time to write or to get in touch through social media. We're excited about the efforts of so many in the comics community who are rallying to promote the Trekker Kickstarter. Michael Allen Carlisle of the Crap Box of Son of Cthulhu devoted an entire post to a Trekker title bout. He put Dark Horse Trekker number one up against Image Trekker number one. He invited us to participate, and it was great fun to share that post on Michael's terrific blog. Colin Stapleton and Jerry McMullen interviewed Ron for a special episode of the Worst Comics Podcast Ever, in name only. You can even hear about one of the inspirations for Mercy St. Clair, which was very interesting. The discussion is great and even includes some time talking about Ron's training and work with Joe Kubert. Wendy Freeman of the Double Page Spread podcast has also recorded an interview with Ron for an upcoming episode. We love Wendy's interview style and look forward to hearing their conversation. John Baker will have a post on the website 3 If By Space, which is a great resource for geek entertainment news. John usually does TV reviews, but being such a big fan of Ron Randall and Trekker, he knew he had to cover the Kickstarter to spread the word. And Dr. Ange of the Supergirl Comic Box Commentary blog has an interview with Ron discussing his work on Supergirl, Doom Patrol, and Trekker. We love Ron's work on Supergirl and look forward to reading the article. We'll be sure to include links in our show notes to all of these great podcasts and blogs so you can check them out and share them with others. They're all fans and friends, and we're very happy that they're helping promote the Trekker Kickstarter. And now let's move on to feedback from our last episode, which featured the interview with Jeff Parker. We received some very nice shout-outs from Paul Hicks of Waiting for Doom and Jason Albrecht, the yard sale artist of Comics with Normies, The Longbox Crusade, and On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, as well as Kyle Benning. And while Kyle's king-size comics giant-size fun is currently on hiatus, we always encourage anyone to seek out his episodes. They are great fun. Karen of Between the Pages said, Such a great episode. I could have listened to you talk with Jeff Parker for hours. 
Chris Carnes of Bat Books for Beginners wrote, Great interview with excellent questions. I really enjoyed listening to this and didn't want the episode to end. Where did the time go? Jerry Green, also of Bat Books for Beginners, wrote, Terrific episode. Loved hearing Jeff Parker talk about how Batman 66 was put together. Great interview. John Baker of Three If By Space said a very interesting episode to be sure. Great to learn more about Jeff Parker and how he got to where he is. I'll be sure to look up the teaser projects he couldn't mention. As always, a well-done podcast that is informative, fun, and a joy to behold. Or is that Belisten? I let John know how much I like the new word he created, Belisten. Christopher Calloway of Creator Talks wrote, Great way to start my day. It chased away the Monday blues. Woke up, got my cup of coffee, popped on my headphones, and enjoyed. Vic Sage of The Retroist shared that he has so much love for Agents of Atlas as well as Future Quest. Mike Lane of Comics in the Golden Age said, I'm a big fan of Jeff Parker ever since I picked up Agents of Atlas. I've tried to follow his work ever since. Mike also shared a photo of his copy of Underground signed by Jeff and added that Jeff is very friendly and engaging with fans. And Brian Mulvey sent us a great email about the last two episodes. Brian wrote, I've been a bit preoccupied lately, but finally caught up. Episode 28 took me inside Rose City Comic Con. I felt like I was there again right alongside you. You gave some spots to so many special writers and artists who call Portland home. Sorry I missed 2017, but I'm hoping to attend again this year. And on episode 29, Brian wrote, Jeff Parker was terrific. I enjoy Future Quest and Batman 66 immensely. Now I'm going to collect his Flash Gordon too. You always seem to find ways for me to spend my money. Thank you for those amazing episodes. And we want to give a special thank you to Katie of Katie Artistry. She promoted our show saying, listen to some Trekker talk. You'll enjoy it. Katie is a talented artist who is working on a sci-fi comic titled After the Shifting. You can find her on Facebook and Twitter, and you can support her comics on Patreon. We want to extend our Trekker thanks to everyone who supported us on social media since last episode. These are people who liked or shared posts from us on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr, and we sincerely appreciate all your support. Before we start, let me say if we miss a name, please let us know and we'll correct it in the next episode. And also forgive us if we mispronounce your name. Just email us and let us know how to say it and we'll be happy to correct that next time as well. 20th Century Geek Podcast with Scott Weatherly, Dr. Ange of the Supergirl Comic Box Commentary Blog, Ashford of the Ride On Network featuring Feathers and Foes and Straight Out of Gallifrey, Brian Mulvey, Cash Flag, Chris Carnes of Bat Books for Beginners, Chris Mounts, Chris Sheehan of the Cosmic Treadmill Podcast and the blog Chris is on Infinite Earths. Christopher Ouellette of Beware of Monsters Podcast. Clinton Robison of the Coffee and Comics blog and podcast. Comics in the Golden Age with Mike and Chris. Creator Talks with Christopher Calloway. Derek William Crabb of the Fanholes Podcast and History of Comics on Film. Dr. G, Man of Nerdology of the Pulp to Pixel Podcast. Ed and Terry Moore of Till Productions. Eric Mannix of Out of the Fridge and Pages for All Ages. Gene Hendricks of The Hammer Strikes and Anime Freaks. Jerry Green of Bat Books for Beginners. Green Lantern HG. Gregory Litchfield. Helioscope Studio. Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist from Comics with Normies. Jay Jones of the Silver and Gold Podcast. Jeff Messer of the Geek Brain Popcast and Blog. Jeff Parker himself. Colorist Jeremy Colwell. Joe Crawford of the Blog for the Non-Discerning Reader. John Baker, who does sci-fi TV reviews at 3 If By Space. Justice's First Dawn with Mike Peacock. Karen Williams of the Sweet Between the Pages blog. Katie Artistry. Artist Ken Solo. 
Kirk Spencer, Kyle Benning of King Size Comics Giant Size Fun, Laurel Phillips, a.k.a. Mountain Flower, Longbox Crusade Podcast with Pat and Jared, Mark Adams of the Mark's Mess Podcast, Mark Sweeney from the ITG blog and podcast and comics couplets, Martin Gray of the blog Too Dangerous for a Girl, Michael Allen Carlisle of the blog Crap Box of Son of Cthulhu, Mike Garvey of Waiting for Doom, Nicholas Prom of Comic Reflections, Old Mac, Pat Sampson of the Longbox Crusade, Paul Hicks of the Waiting for Doom podcast, Professor Allen of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network, Randy Andrews of Soundtrack Alley and the new Gen 13 podcast, Reggie Hancock of the Cosmic Treadmill podcast, Robert Morales, Rolled Spine podcast, Ron and Lynn Randall, Ruth Rice, Scott Eos Weldon of Weldon Studios, Sean Strawbridge, Slangword Resists, Swagcat Aaron, Talk Nerdy to Me, The Mockers Podcast, Warren Montgomery of Will Lil Comics, Wendy Freeman of the podcast Double Page Spread, and Worst Comic Podcast Ever with Colin, Jerry, and John. Thank you all, and we'll be right back after we play a couple of promos for other podcasts that you might enjoy. Standing in front of the bookstore shelf Which Batman book should I get for myself? Bat books for beginners Jerry and Chris are relentless made Bat books And honest fans of the Batman trades Bat books for beginners Bat books for beginners Join Chris and Jerry on Bat Books for Beginners. They will tell you who is who and what is what, and exactly what they think of the Batman stories. Find them on iTunes and at thebatmanuniverse.net. Bat Books for Beginners. I want to welcome you to a new podcast, The Kirby Cast, devoted to the Bronze Age work of comics legend Jack King Kirby. Starting from his move to DC in 1970, his return to Marvel later that decade, through his 80s independent work and beyond, we'll discuss The Fourth World, Commandy, Omac, The Demon, Devil Dinosaur, Machine Man, Silver Star, and many others. Please join me, your host, Mike Lane, for The Kirby Cast, available on iTunes. Before we go, we want to provide our contact information. Please let us know your thoughts through email, Facebook, or Twitter. If you want to contact us directly or have something you would like to have read on the show, then please send us an email at trekkertalk at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr using the name trekkertalk. And you can visit our website for links to all of our social media pages. And that web address is trekkertalk.com. Thank you, Catherine and Charlotte, Charlotte and Catherine of the excellent Mark's Mess podcast for that clip. You can listen to our show through iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And all of our episodes are always available at trekkertalk.com and at radadventuresnetwork.com. You can also find the show on YouTube as part of the Rad Adventures Network. That's Rad, R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren. On the Rad Adventures YouTube channel, you'll find all of the episodes of all of our podcasts, including Trekker Talk, as well as Xenozoic Xenophiles about the Cadillacs and Dinosaurs series Xenozoic Tales by Mark Schultz, and Warlord Worlds about the comic creations of Mike Grell, including the Warlord, John Sable, and Green Arrow. 
If you like the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Every review helps the podcast be more likely to show up in search results. And on YouTube, we hope you'll subscribe to the channel and give us some likes on the videos. Remember, at trekwithcomic.com, you'll find a new page of material every Monday, as well as links to all of the ways you can find Ron Randall. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you'll come back next time for another new episode of Trekker Talk. Trekker Talk is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. For more information, visit comicspodcast.com. We are not affiliated with Dark Horse Comics or Ron Randall. The views expressed on the show are solely ours. Music is taken from the album Royalty Free Music, Movies, and Videos from the Royalty Free Music Club. We make no money from this podcast and no copyright infringement is intended. (laughs) 